engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, and this is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Yeah, let me start it this way. Uh, You know, back in 2015, August of 2015, I did the Red State gathering in Atlanta when I was with Red State Um, and I rescinded my invite to Donald Trump after his Megyn Kelly remark (laughs) ironically I I thought you know he'd just be a distraction if he came all the other presidential candidates are coming Uh, and there's just if he's here all the other candidates are going to be asked about him and what he said and so I rescinded it. Now, of course, in hindsight, it was crazy to, to have done because it became a huge distraction anyway. And his campaign uh, tore me up one side and down the other. And one of the people who did that was Michael Cohen. Uh, Sean Hannity uh, actually had Michael Cohen on his radio program in the four o'clock hour right before I come on uh, at five o'clock here on WSB. You could have heard Michael Cohen uh, just tearing into me. And then he came on. Uh, Cohen uh, Hannity's TV show that night and continued tearing into me. He, I mean, called me all sorts of names, attacked my faith, attacked my work ethic, attacked my integrity, attacked my principles. Um, on and on you go. Michael Cohen lit into me. And one of the things I, I have not really talked about is that uh, the Hannity team invited me to come on and respond. And 10 minutes before airtime, I was sitting in my chair, TV makeup on, um, and they canceled my hit and just extended Michael Cohen's uh, ability to tear into me. Uh, I was more than a little aggravated, to say the least. Uh, And I I don't find myself cheering on this man's um, headed to prison for three years today. I I feel profoundly sorry for Michael Cohen. I I do. I actually feel a level of sadness for what has happened. I I don't understand how any person uh, gets so consumed into a cult of personality that they let themselves go and their willingness to fall on the sword for someone and then to, to mirror the behavior of that person in their own life and business dealings. Uh, Michael Cohen is not going to jail because Donald Trump got him to pay off a porn star to cover up an affair. Michael Cohen is going to jail because he handled things in a dishonest and unethical manner. In hindsight, I guess now many of the things he was accusing me of uh, were projection. And he'll be in jail now for three years to think about those things. He tied himself to the president and allowed himself to do things. And he was an officer of the court. He was a lawyer. And he was sworn to uphold the law as an officer of the court, as a lawyer. And he did not. He tried to um, get around the law. He tried to... to abscond and, and do things unethically and illegally and and he now he's fessed up to it and in his confession michael cohen says essentially that he allowed himself to be played by donald trump now i think it is relevant to point out one cannot be played by donald trump unless one allows himself to be played in that way and in so doing, uh, is this really him or is the, or is this the president or is this him? I think it's him. 
And it is, it's sad to see a person of a prominence like that collapsed under his own lack of ethics and his own willingness to do things to help friends in ways that should not have been done. Uh, moral of the story here is, though you have friends, the law is the law, and you should never try to break the law to help your friends get around the law. That's what Michael Cohen did. The 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 porn star payment is ancillary to a lot of the other things. It's part of it. But do not believe the media reports that Michael Cohen is going to jail for that transaction. That is a gross distortion of what he's going to jail for. There are numerous things he has pled guilty to. Uh, and the fact that the special prosecutor determined he really wasn't as cooperative as he may have seemed to have been cooperating. He still didn't provide all the answers the special prosecutor was looking for. And so as a result, uh, he is going to jail. And by the way, you should also know three years is actually lenient for him. Yes, it is. You know, uh, Lanny Davis has represented Michael Cohen, and, and the whole thing is weird. I think it was more Cohen signaling that his days of, of being Trump's minion are over. I don't know how effective a lawyer Lanny Davis is at this point. Maybe he is. I don't know. But um, this is what Lanny Davis said earlier today. Anybody who is responsible for the kinds of activities that occurred in Trump Tower while Mr. Trump was a businessman, much less when he was running for president, the contacts with Russian government officials and everything we know from the media ought to be worried, period. Secondly, Mr. Mueller has already indicated by his actions, by the guilty pleas, that they have a lot to worry about, the ones that haven't been indicted yet. And thirdly, to answer your question, I can't tell you about tapes or anything else that Mr. Mueller knows everything because we're not going to speak before Mr. Mueller speaks. But after he's done, I said that you'll see Mr. Cohen cooperating with one or more congressional committees. He'll answer every question, Stephanie. But you and could if I say were Mr. Whether, Trump, you could if say I were whether, Mr. Trump, I'd be nervous about that. You could. Yeah, except Michael Cohen's already lied repeatedly. So who's going to believe him at this point? He told the story one person wanted him to tell, and now he's going to tell the story someone else wants him to tell. Uh, he played for the president that won him no pardon. Now he'll play for the progressives, and that will win him no fans uh, because he was Trump's fixer, so to speak. Uh, and, and how does Lanny Davis really know any of these things? You would think that this sort of stuff would have come out already they were very specific in the things they wanted michael cohen to be specific about in court and admit to and he did and none of those things had anything to do with collusion with russia um here's mark Thiessen, uh the the columnist friend of mine from the washington post listen to this yeah that's i mean that's good news for president trump and look i mean this whole stormy daniels thing it's like we, we had it we had the Mueller pro was supposed to be about russian collusion remember when, we, when russian collusion was the issue and now it's about porn star payoffs and the trump organization familiar, and campaign isn't it? finance violations guess what i got news for you donald trump is not going to be impeached because of porn star payoffs. It's not going to happen. If Democrats try to do it, they're going to pay a terrible political price in the 2020 elections. I completely agree with him. 
I mean, as I said in, in the short intro here before the top of the hour, the president routinely paid porn stars to keep quiet about his affairs with them before running for president. Uh, there is an exception to campaign finance law that if you have a pattern of making sorts of payments, uh, th- that you would make the sort of payment even if you weren't running for office. You don't have to disclose it while running for office, and he did. The pattern is well established. The left is ridiculed him for it, and so the president has a perfectly logical defense over this. The question for Donald Trump and this is where I think Mueller is actually headed, is not that because Mueller knows the law well enough and in the Mueller team, you will recall, lost the John Edwards case through the Department of Justice. They know this lesson full well. The question is, how was the money funneled to Karen McDougall and others? How was the money paid? Uh, if they can show that tax um, tax returns or SEC filings or anything like that were were fabricated to hide the payment, then there's a real issue there. But none of us know whether that's the case or not. The Mueller team has not said, so right now it's all speculation. The only thing we know for sure today is Michael Cohen is going to jail for three years because he has pled to breaking the law. Him. He did. Not Donald Trump. There's a big difference there. I am more and more concerned about cybersecurity and just the pilfering that companies can do. Did you read that New York Times story the other day? I think it came out yesterday about the tracking that companies are doing off your cell phones and stuff. It is ridiculous. You are being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile provider, your internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other companies who want to profit from your information. Read the New York Times. That's why you need to take back your privacy by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and makes your internet browsing anonymous by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. That anonymity ensures your privacy, and protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want to be avoid tracking online, you need ExpressVPN. So protect your privacy today. Find out how. You can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Uh, Scott, who's listening to me, is giving me a hard time on Twitter thinking I'm giving the president a complete pass. Uh, we have these things called commercial breaks where I've got to to stop one point before moving on to another point. Uh, Scott, if you're still in your car, bear with me. We'll get to the president and the implications from the president. But today was about Michael Cohen. It wasn't about the president. So much of the media has really focused so much on the president that they ignored the major points, the filings on Michael Cohen, uh, that really had everything to do with Michael Cohen's own behavior, uh, which was the point of this discussion. 
Now, let's focus on the president, as Scott has been waiting for me to do. Uh, the president himself cannot be breathing easy from the Michael Cohen situation because Cohen was his fixer for so long. And uh, again, I absolutely think it is a fair point and worth pointing out how badly the media bungled the reporting today that most of what is sending Michael Cohen to jail uh, doesn't have to do with the president. Certainly, there is the the payments to porn stars issue. And given some of the curious filings from Mueller and also some of the tax amendments that Michael Cohen filed, my suspicion is that the president flowed his payment through Michael Cohen's income, causing Cohen to boost his income to the IRS. And, but there's also other filings in there that show Michael Cohen actually underpaid taxes in some years. I really think where this comes into for the president and where the president is going to have trouble is the Russia situation. And I'm not talking about collusion. I do not believe there is collusion between the president and the Russians to steal the election. Do I think there might be something there about trying to smear Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I think so. By some of the ancillary fringe uh, grifters of the conservative movement out there who allied themselves with Donald Trump because no one else would give them the time of day. But I think ultimately where this is still headed, and I could completely be wrong, but where I still think this is headed is the president's business deals with Russia. Basically, no one can do a business deal with Russia without engaging in some form of, of uh, greed, corruption, graft, uh, bribery, you name it. If you want to do business in Russia, you got to do that. Well, most businesses aren't actually under an investigation by Bob Mueller. So that stuff may be ex exposed. But there were a number of stories out earlier in this year and late last year about Trump projects in other countries. And there was a lot of speculation that Russian investors were investing in those properties, not just the Moscow project. And the question is, were these Russians laundering money through these enterprises to try to clean up the money? That's where I'm wondering if Mueller is going with this. It's 39 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk to the phones we go. Kyle from Lawrenceville, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing all right. So long-time listener, first-time caller, but serious in-depth question for you. Okay. If they find that the dossier uh was fake prior to issuing the fisa warrant does cohen have a cop out no uh because he pled guilty okay anybody who doesn't plead guilty would they have a cop out because the warrant was built on false false information well um potentially so here's the thing um if for example, the if for example the dossier was built and used uh, information acquired illegally, uh, they potentially could suppress any evidence that was derived therefrom. But okay. what we know from the Mueller investigation now is that uh, Mike Flynn had 19 interviews. Michael Cohen had a number of interviews. 
and they gave very specific factual information that caused other people to also talk to the Mueller investigation honestly. And as a result of all of those, they started a criminal investigation. So any the original Mueller investigation was a counterintelligence investigation. It was never a criminal investigation. A criminal investigation only began after talking to Mike Flynn and Michael Cohen about matters that actually weren't related to the dossier. Uh, they came wow. in about the dossier, but through exploration of their other business affairs, the, for example, the porn star payments and other things came off that weren't in the dossier. So anything that they said that was not derived from the dossier or based on the dossier would be fair game. And it appears that uh, Mueller was smart enough to not begin a criminal investigation into whoever. I assume it's the president, although I don't know, uh, until he had gotten multiple people to admit to the same thing through different means. I mean, that's the extraordinary thing here that does have to somewhat worry the Trump team. And I think it is why the president's hardcore supporters have been so quiet about uh, the latest filings from Mueller is because he makes it very clear that every single allegation he's making is corroborated by multiple witnesses, not just two. So even, for example, the porn star payments, there's got to be concrete evidence that extends beyond Michael Cohen and also the CEO of the National Enquirer's parent company. Who the other people are who are talking about these things or what that evidence is, is redacted. We don't know. But Mueller is making sure every I is dotted and every T is crossed. And that's the part that should worry the Trump administration. As I, I saw a quote somewhere the other day, uh, the, the thing that's keeping up, uh, keeping the Trump legal team up at night is Mueller's thoroughness. And I think that's accurate um, there. That's that's why they should be worried because of that thoroughness, that ability to get multiple people, more than two, at least three, it seems in most cases, to admit to the same thing in separate conversations is pretty staggering for whatever he's looking into now as far as a criminal investigation. So Brad Nitz uh, from WSB TV has put up a graphic on Twitter. I have just retweeted it for you. Uh, all the earthquakes in Georgia since 1900, there have been approximately 200. Most of those earthquakes have been up in the northwest corner of the state of Georgia. Um, they are intraplate earthquakes, not interplate earthquakes, meaning that they are not earthquakes caused between plates. Their um, activity caused on one tectonic plate. That means that we don't have a fault line in Georgia. These things just happen to happen. Um, 200 of them in the last 100, uh, well, since 1900, there have been 200 of them. The closest to Atlanta was actually in Paulding County. I don't know when. The dates are not listed. And there's been one near Athens. Uh, there have been a number down in middle Georgia near Macon, uh, Eatonton. Uh, a lot of them, though, the, the Calhoun-Rome area has the bulk of them. It's it's an interesting graphic. If you're on social media, if you're on Twitter, uh, go to twitter.com slash Erickson. I just tweeted it out. It did not phase me down where I live. I never felt a thing this morning. Uh, I know a number of people who did. I actually got up this morning before I knew there was an earthquake and saw several people were circulating a graphic that had a lawn chair uh, tipped over at, a, at an outdoor plastic table. And uh, the caption was uh, effects of the great Atlanta earthquake of 2018. I was like, when did we have an earthquake? Is somebody recirculating something old? And it's like, oh, oh, Sky, get on with Scott Slade this morning at 8.15. And he's talking about it. It's like, now this explains everything. I, I had no earthly idea that there was an earthquake. Now, 
When we come back, I'm going to go on and step out here. When we come back, Delta Airlines is ensuring that you have no escape from politics and the culture war when you fly on Delta. They are engaging, and as you've seen from the NRA and whatnot, Delta is really no friend of conservatives in America these days, and they are picking a side in the culture war, and, well, you're going to be exposed to it, it looks like, if you try to get on their planes, unfortunately, and I'm on them a lot. Delta, uh, which we saw during the, the NRA issue, is no friend of conservatives these days and has gotten increasingly not just partisan, uh, but progressive. Well, it, it's now, it, it put this out on social media today of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. Yes, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg RBG documentary. Now, you can see it on Delta Studio and learn how she's making moves for equality. All about equality. Who can oppose equality? Well, these days when equality is largely equated with a bunch of uh, totalitarian nonsense designed to shut up Christians and conservatives, uh, yeah, I think I can take issue with it. Uh, Delta is giving no reprieve in the culture war uh, doing these sorts of things. And I just find the whole thing aggravating. When I sit down in the plane and I'm going on vacation or a work trip, I I don't want to be bombarded by promos for a progressive justice of the Supreme Court. They would never do this for a Catholic. If there was a documentary, a pro-Clarence Thomas documentary, they wouldn't do it. Delta would not be promoting it. If there was a documentary on Antonin Scalia, eh, Delta would not be doing this. What about Brett Kavanaugh? Uh, no, would Delta even run it if it was? But RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, darling of the progressive left, got got to got to run the promo. You know, she's a very nice person. You should know Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually is a terrifically nice person. But the whole promo and everything here is designed to be part of the culture war, to take a stand on it, to be political, and there's just no escape. I want an escape when I get on a plane to go to an escape. And Delta seems intent on shoving their progressive politics in my face every single time. Uh, I it just it, It's so frustrating. I am so tired of companies deciding that they've got to align with their progressive millennial hipsters uh, who work for them and engage in left-wing politics and the culture war and all that. Just please, Delta, knock it off. Just just knock it off. Uh, okay, when we come back, we got to shift gears. Uh, we got to get to banning cows. That's right. The left now wants to ban cows. I guess Delta will stop serving beef. It is eight after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Uh, I got to deviate a little bit from where I wanted to head this hour because there is some breaking news that you should know about. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reporting as of 20 minutes ago 
that the Boy Scouts of America has hired the law firm of Sidley Austin for assistance in a possible Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing. According to the Wall Street Journal, the Boy Scouts are considering filing for bankruptcy protection as the organization faces dwindling membership and escalating legal costs related to lawsuits over how it handled allegations of sex abuse. Leaders of the Boy Scouts, one of the country's largest youth organizations, have hired law firm Sidley Austin LLP for assistance with a possible Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing. Founded in 1910, the Boy Scouts says that more than 110 million people have participated in its educational programs. Yes, but. What has happened to the organization? Well, it has seen its numbers fall. It has been riddled with sexual abuse allegations and scandals. It decided to prohibit gay scoutmasters. And the left in America blew it up, got litigious, started suing to shut it down and drive it out of public schools for discrimination. The Boy Scouts backed down. And then they started allowing in gay scouts. And then they started allowing in transgender scouts. And now they've opened their door to girls as well. And culturally conservative voters who were the foundational bedrock of the Boy Scouts fled the organization. The secular left, the social justice warrior crowd, put the Boy Scouts in a very difficult position. And instead of looking around and seeing that the bulk of its membership were Mormons or Christians and that it was housed in in a lot of um, Mormon groups and churches... It decided to be liked by the world. And by the way, you know one of the people who made this decision? Rex Tillerson. Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State. Rex Tillerson was a ranking member of the board of the Boy Scouts. And the Boy Scouts chose to go with the world. And you know what Scripture says? Um, you can either be um, the things of the world will hate the things of God. So if you want to be loved by the things of the world, you, you've got to not be godly. The Boy Scouts abandoned uh, their principally biblically derived values. They were rejected by the Christian and Mormon organizations. And the world, of course, has no need for the Boy Scouts because uh, secular atheists in this country are the most childless people, so they don't have any kids to send to the Boy Scouts. If you want to build an organization with large groups of kids able to go to the Boy Scouts, you got to focus on uh, Mormons and Christians and Orthodox Jews and Muslims. The Mormons have decided they're going to develop their own program for young men. They have withdrawn. Many Christian denominations withdrew. The Mormons were the last holdout. The Mormons decided to withdraw once they began admitting girls into the program and transgender boys. It's sad because I think the Boy Scouts, I, I was in Scouts when I was a kid. And I learned woodworking skills, loved to camp out. Um, I can't remember how to tie a knot to save my life, but it was a lot of fun. We would go on camp outs, lives in Dubai, in the Middle East. We would go out into the middle of the desert. You could see the Milky Way at night. It was so dark. We were way out in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes we'd camp along the beach. Uh, it would be super hot in the day. You could just feel the temperature drop at night. You'd build campfires, bonfires. You'd have fun. You learn how to put up a tent. You learn how to cook over the open flame. It was a lot of fun. It was a great deal of fun. I absolutely fundamentally did not want my son to go into the scouts. 
My dad, I actually have in my office, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, my dad was a fundraiser for the Boy Scouts. He actually um, was in the Order of the Arrow. And he has a chair that the Scouts gave him decades ago for his service to the organization and his services as a fundraiser to the organization. And we are a family that has great generational ties to the Scouts. I did not want my son to go into the Scouts. And I did not want them, even though the local the local troop here is perfectly fine, but I did not want him to get into the Scouts because of the cultural warfare issues within the Scouts. Time and time again, the leadership of the Boy Scouts have chosen to go the way of the cultural left and abandon their traditional biblically-based values. And I did not want my son to be a part of that cultural drift. I did not want him to be in real time seeing the degradation and values of the scouts over time. And now that organization is collapsing and doing so pridefully with its nose in the air, turning its back on the people who would have kept it going because it didn't want to live in a world of persecution. It didn't want to live in a world where secular, atheist, progressive types could file lawsuits or have local leaders campaign against the Boy Scouts, say we're throwing them out of school because they don't allow gay scoutmasters, they don't allow transgender scouts. Boy Scouts said, no, 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 we'll do all those things. We'll do all those things. Just love us. Just love us, world. And the world may have loved the Boy Scouts, but the world can't provide the children to fund the Boy Scouts and staff the Boy Scouts and provide troops for the Boy Scouts in the way churches can. And so now the Boy Scouts is going to file bankruptcy, a sad end to a once very noble organization that abandoned its values, teaching boys about respect. It instead chose to be liked. And well... Liking the Boy Scouts and a couple bucks might get you a bad cup of coffee at Starbucks. You know, one of the things I remember from my days in the Boy Scouts is the Scouts Law. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. They abandoned their bravery. And when they abandoned their bravery, everything else kind of fell. And that's just sad. Now, we can move on to other things. The left, the progressive left, having successfully um, headed towards wiping out the Boy Scouts, they also want to wipe out cows. You know, for a group of people, what's so funny here, actually, is what the left will wind up doing is they'll wind up butchering all the cows, except they'll save a few hundred of them, say, oh, we got an endangered species now. We got to protect the rest of them. And you'll have a war between the environmentalists and, and, and the animal lovers of whether or not to wipe out the cows who are methane polluters. That's the issue here. The left wants you to be forced to give up meat. Given the way Delta tries to curry favors with progressives these days, it's only a matter of time before Delta eradicates beef from its menu options on its planes. They want to come after your cow. They want to come after your hamburger, your steak. Now, you know, my friend Dana Lash, I, I will note on social media earlier today, pointed out that uh, if they're really if they really want a war on cows, we should be eating more steak. Uh, and eradicate the cows that way in a tasty manner. But no, no, they just, they want farmers to stop breeding cattle. They want people to stop eating meat and all for global warming. 
you know, there are riots in France right now over the fuel tax, among other issues. There, it, It's more complicated than that. There are free market reforms that Macron has implemented that have been deeply unpopular. But the bulk of the riots have become over the fuel tax and the regulations now that have taken a large number of vehicles off the streets of France as being polluters to in order to try to comply with the Paris Accord. France is somewhat embarrassed that it's not a, uh, complying with the goals it set forth in its own accord named after Paris. The United States, meanwhile, which is not even in the the Paris Accord anymore because Donald Trump pulled us out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Technically, we don't come out until 2020, but still, we're, we're not even trying to comply with it. We're actually doing a better job not being a part of the Paris Accord than France is as a part of it. And what we're seeing is world progressive leaders, well intentioned environmentalists, and others giving people cause to not take climate change seriously if if you really believe in climate change if you really think it's an issue perhaps you should spend a little more thought on how to convince the public to do something than to tell them we're going to take your steak and hamburgers away because for the longest time the environmentalist left has been at war with oil companies fossil fuels Now you're going to go to war against the fast food industry, butchers across America, grocery stores across America. That's not really a way to sell people on your agenda. In the same way in France, telling people you can no longer drive your car but must buy a new car and we're going to charge you more for your fuel, it's not really a big seller to get people to care about your issue. The other way to get people to care about your issue is to act like you care about your issue and give up your private jets and massive houses and carbon footprints yourselves before telling the peons to do it. I am more and more concerned about cybersecurity and just the pilfering that companies can do. Did you read that New York Times story the other day? I think it came out yesterday about the tracking that companies are doing off your cell phones and stuff. It is ridiculous. You are being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile provider, your internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other companies who want to profit from your information. Read the New York Times. That's why you need to take back your privacy by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and makes your internet browsing anonymous by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. That anonymity ensures your privacy, and protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want to be avoid tracking online, you need ExpressVPN. So protect your privacy today. Find out how. You can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 26 after the hour. It is Eric Erickson here. Now, we need to move on. Uh, The border wall and the shutdown. Uh, Senator Kennedy was asked about the border wall. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, listen to him. Look, I 
I happen to think that walls work. I've seen them work in America, uh, Israel, Bulgaria, Malaysia, but I don't think that's the issue here. I think the issue here is, it, well, let me put it another way. I think we're going to have a shutdown. You do, and I, th I think we're, I do, and I think we're going to have a shutdown for two reasons. Number one. Um, uh, President Trump does not look to me like he, he was bluffing or is bluffing. And number two, I don't think uh, 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 Speaker Pelosi uh, is going to agree to anything because she's worried about her speakership. Yep, I think Senator Kennedy is right. Uh, listen, y'all, what does Donald Trump have to lose? Most of the budget is funded, so most of the government will stay open. The military's funded. It's going to continue protecting us. Uh, what does the president have to lose by shutting down the government? Uh, he wants the wall. Uh, he can blame the Democrats. He he can he can cause trouble for the Democrats coming back, trying to fire up the government in January while they're going through a government shutdown, shut it down through Christmas. I mean, what does he have to lose? Well, why why would the president worry about these things? And I think Senator Kennedy is right that Nancy Pelosi can't cave right now either. And you know, the president wants the wall. He wants the wall. If he shuts down the government, do you really think he's going to open it without a good deal? If the president needs to use the shutdown to get a good deal, use shut down the government. Shut it down. Uh, we're all safer by our government being shut down, frankly. Our freedoms are safe as long as Congress is not operating and bureaucrats are not out finding ways to exert their power. It's 39 after the hour. It is Eric Erickson here. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast by texting the word show to 444-999. Um, there will be, for the Christmas season, some additional podcasting audio for the subscribers of the podcast. And I will be doing a Christmas show for WSB this year. And we'll make sure that's in the podcast as well. So text the word show to 444-999. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about criminal justice reform. It appears that there will be a vote in the Senate. However, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana has objected to unanimous consent. Now, that that has a particular meaning this week in that not all of the members of the Senate are there. Uh, there was a big fight today over a resolution to uh, call for the U.S. to get out of uh, the Yemen situation with Saudi Arabia. And uh, some Republicans weren't there. The Democrats did well with this, a bipartisan coalition of senators, including Lindsey Graham, who is really angry with the Saudis over the Khashoggi killing. Well, by Senator Kennedy objecting to unanimous consent on the criminal justice reform issue, he's going to force the Senate to show up and work next week. And some of his colleagues are really upset with him. Um, I've got to tell you, I support the criminal justice reform. I think that uh, mandatory minimums are a bad idea. I have always thought that. I think that Congress has imposed mandatory minimums as a way in large part to avoid having to impeach bad federal judges who have done crazy things. I, I I really, really, really do believe that judges should look at the facts of each case and make up their mind. Uh, if you want to have some sentencing guidelines, that's fine, but I think mandatory minimums for a lot of things actually have, uh, particularly in the black community in, in the age of crack cocaine in the 80s and 90s, 
um, really locked up a lot of people who could have been placed on a path of reform and then had no chance. And criminal justice reform is a way to rectify the balance. I think there was an overcorrection. There are some like Tom Cotton and Senator Kennedy who think that this is an overcorrection. Maybe so. But I think it is worth trying. Crime is at an all-time low. I think the scare scenarios of violent crime will happen. I They have fixed the bill to address a lot of those concerns. Not all of the concerns, but a lot of those concerns. And I think criminal justice reform is timely and good. And it has provided us also a great opportunity to explore Trump derangement syndrome. One of the groups that has been most involved in passing this criminal justice reform is evangelical Christians, particularly white evangelical Christians. But the president has held meetings with a large number of inner-city evangelical black pastors, and they have been persuaded to support the issue as well. So you know who's opposed to the issue now? Progressive theologians. Tracy Blackman is a minister, and I use air quotes around minister, United Church of Christ, not exactly a Christian denomination. Uh, she ministers near Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah, that Ferguson. And she actually signed on to a letter expressing outrage over black pastors supporting criminal justice reform. And then uh, the Atlantic magazine uh, doing a story on this today says uh, to two black men, it matters that the mostly white conservative Christian figures who've pushed for this criminal justice reform are not embedded in the communities most affected by the criminal justice system. Even the handful of black leaders involved are not credible, she said. Quote, this direct quote, don't buy into the illusion that because someone with black skin is in the room, the needs of the black community are in the room. In other words, she opposes criminal justice reform that will help a large number of black men get out of jail because Donald Trump and white people support the legislation. Y'all, seriously, I mean, this is a person who would support the legislation except Donald Trump and white evangelicals who support Donald Trump are pushing the legislation. It is bipartisan support in Congress. It was a bipartisan, it was introduced with a bipartisan group in the House. It was introduced with a bipartisan group in the Senate. And yet these progressive activists oppose it because Donald Trump supports it, even though it will help people in their community. And by the way, it's not going to help overwhelmingly. Um, it, only 10% of the people incarcerated in this country are in federal uh, penitentiaries. And so very few people ultimately in the grand scheme of things will get out. It'll still be a, probably a few hundred thousand people. But most people in prison in this country are in prison at the state level, not the federal level. And this does nothing to deal with those issues. Those are individual state issues. And I think those need to be addressed as well. I think mandatory minimums need to be addressed. You know, my grievance with mandatory minimums is very much like my grievance with zero tolerance policies in schools. There are people who screw up in this country. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. And I think mandatory minimums takes away from judges the discretion to look at a situation and say, you know what? This person just screwed up. 
in the same way that zero-tolerance policies in schools, when the straight-A student who's good, who's well-behaved, who's well-respected, who's liked even by the administration, comes to school and forgets they have an Advil in their pocket, well, we've got to suspend them for a week because they brought drugs to school. And that happens. That happens. Those stories are well-documented, but it's zero-tolerance policies in school that prevent administrations from exercising discretion to recognize that there are some people who just make a mistake. There are some people who are good people, and they don't need to be punished as badly as the repeat offenders, and, and we should recognize there are good people and bad people, and we don't need to treat them the same, and we should be allowed that discretion. And what these laws have done is they have taken away the ability to exercise discretion. If you think there's a judge who's too soft on crime, get rid of the judge. Don't put everybody under mandatory minimums and zero tolerance policies. It's 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. I have waited until the end of this program to play this audio because I didn't want people to drive off the road. Yes, I've got a little bit of audio of... Joy Behar from The View. The base hasn't really gotten anything else. This is all they, I mean, the taxes didn't really go down. Mm-hmm. You know, their air is getting polluted. Um, they, 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 we don't have any friendships around the world anymore. So what, what did the base get? Except maybe the wall. It's like a hope against hope. Maybe they got we'll the hats. Get this. Maybe this time. <laughs> you know, they got the hats. They, got, they didn't get what they thought they were going to get. Uh, how much in a bubble do you have to be to think your taxes didn't go down? Because taxes are going down. Uh, Minimum wages have been increased by a number of employers on their own. Uh, Actually, the the waste products in our air have gone down, even under President Trump. Uh, Pollution output is down. Um, The output of of, uh, things that can cause climate, uh, global warming in this country are decreased. And yet Bayer denies all of that. Uh, we really are living in two Americas. We're, we're living in an America of a coastal elite uh, who only listen to people who tell them the things they want to hear. And, and frankly, for a lot, of, a lot of Trump supporters, they also live in bubbles where they only watch Fox and, and hear the, the pleasant things that make them happy and avoid the things that make them uncomfortable. I, I try to do a, a pretty good job of broadening the scope of what I talk about to get into things that are critical of the president and Republicans. There's a lot to be critical about of the Republicans. But what does it take to have a paycheck and to think my taxes haven't gone down so no one else's taxes have been impacted? Well, she makes millions of dollars. How many people around this country got big bonuses this year because of the tax cut? How many people got pay raises because of the tax code? There were millions of people who it was affected. There were millions of people. For the life of me, I still to this day cannot understand why the Republicans did not sell their tax cuts better. Because despite the left-wing spin that they were corporate, I mean, the Democrats always say they're either corporate tax cuts or they're tax cuts for the rich. But in fact, real people, millions and millions of real people around the country were helped by the tax cuts. Uh, The corporate tax cut allowed corporations to raise salaries, to give bonuses. um, And yet the left is in complete denial, has no clue, has not lived the life of these people who struggled paycheck to paycheck, and it was President Trump and the Republicans who made them struggle a little less by giving them a little more take-home pay. And next year, they fully kick in the tax cuts due, so people have even more take-home pay. Uh, 